This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. This is without question the most comfortable red sweater I've had on in six years. Uh, playoffs? What are you doing with a school bag on stage? You can't even read. If I don't eat breakfast, I'm f***ing pistol. And it's a deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Come around. Reverses it. And the pass goes into the end zone. The Nick and it's a touchdown by Nick Foles. Alba inside. It's Messi. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the almost world famous. Wide open. Wide open. Wide open. Wide open. Wide open sports cast. We are broadcasting to you and recording on Saturday, March 9th at about 5 o'clock in the evening. And we are happy to bring you the newest news in sports and once again you can find us on twitter at wide open underscore sports and don't forget to find us on itunes google play soundcloud and tune in at the wide open sportscast my name is fed and i'm back my name is rick hello rick how was daytona daytona was fun it's been a few weeks since i've done this so i may be a little rusty i'm so rusty that i forgot my computer today so going old school i had a notebook in my car that I use for little notes and stuff. <laughs> so I'm using that as my uh, my uh, encyclopedia for today. Encyclopedia, I love the word. Yeah, it's almost so. like you're going back to the 90s here, uh, just like Captain Marvel. Did you see Captain Marvel yet? No. I, I remember you said uh, you saw it last night. How was that? It was very good. It started a little slow, but I thought it was really good. Um, obviously, just builds the anticipation towards Endgame a little bit more. Um, dude, April's just going to be a mess between the end of Avengers and then Game of Thrones. The end of Avengers, the end of Game of Thrones is an end of an era, and, two, multiple eras. And and we're also going to get the end of Star the end of Star Wars in December and apparently the Stranger Things season that starts July 4th is the last one too. I still need to see Solo even though that wasn't really given good th- good reviews, but I saw it on Netflix so I can definitely see that now. Yeah, I didn't see that yet either. But uh, so I need to see Solo. That's the only one, the only thing Star Wars I really haven't seen. I really haven't watched many of the cartoon Star Wars, but really haven't seen that. And yeah, then I'll be caught up on all the things I want to see. So I'm excited for that. You know what though? To be fair, I don't know about a lot of people who have seen the Star Wars cartoons. Like, because I know the cartoon ones are basically in between episodes two and three because episode two ends with the Clone Wars starting. And yep. then episode three is the end. Like, General Grievous just randomly shows up in episode three. And if you didn't watch the cartoons, you're like, what the heck? Because he's, like, the central figure in the cartoons. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, you could read about it. Um, I've been told I've been a fake Star Wars fan, but whatever. Because I haven't seen it. But what do you got to do? Hey, yeah, exactly. Just like all the people who claim that they've seen all the uh, Avengers movies, but yet just know the Infinity War plot through memes. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. So, obviously, Rick, it is good to have you back. We were without the goose today because he is doing stuff to get ready for his wedding. Oh, is it for his wedding? I thought he said he was going to a wedding. I mean, he's getting married, so... I'm assuming it's his. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Uh, We'll uh, we'll catch up with him, and uh, we'll talk bets next time. Actually, next time we're probably doing a mostly baseball. Mm-hmm. 
uh, podcast just because it is almost baseball season. And, yeah, he's showing me his World Series Boston Red Sox. Go go Sox. Of his vast amount of cities that he follows. But to jump into podcast and sports stuff, we haven't really really been able to talk about it because we've been away. Bryce Harper to the Phils. 13 years, $330 million, no trade clause, and no opt-out for team or player. Now, let me tell you, dude, just being here and being in the Philadelphia sports area and just listening to all of that is absolutely hysterical. Like, I remember getting into the car after lax practice and hearing the Bryce Harper sign, and I was like, oh, my God. And just listening to the meltdown on the Fanatic was hysterical. I mean, I, I don't – I wouldn't say it's a meltdown. I mean, it, it's like, definitely I, I brought meant out of the excitement. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant, like out of the excitement. Yeah, I mean, they should be enthusiastic. I mean, they got a – pretty much a career player now. He is theirs. There's no trade clause. There is there's no opt-out for the team or the player. It's an unbelievable contract for Bryce Harper. He could be injured for half the time there. He still, he still has to be paid. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's going to happen, nor do I think Bryce Harper is injury-prone, but it's 13 years. By the end of his contract, he's going to be pushing 40. So, And you know what sucks? You know what really sucks? Bobby Vanilla. Yeah, four, yeah exactly. <laughs> As a Mets fan, we're still paying Bobby Vanilla for four more years after this fucking contract. So what was the story of him again? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to get into it, but it was a dis- pretty much a disagreement. Um, he sued, he won, and he gets a million dollars a year from us. So uh, at the beginning of every season, he gets paid a million dollars. So uh, when it becomes uh, late March, happy Bobby Bonilla day. <laughs> but anyway, um, going back to Bryce Harper, he's done apparently done some interesting things lately. And the main thing I want to talk about is the tampering. Yes. Tampering to get Mike Trout to come to the Phillies because this year is Mike Trout's contract year. Now, it's going to be very interesting. I don't know if it's going to be as this this offseason is going to be as enthusiastic. That The coming in 2020 is going to be as great. Mainly, I'd say that because May Machado and Bryce Harper, huge names. The two biggest names coming into next year's free agency, Mike Trout and Mookie Betts. Mook! Still two huge, great players, but Mookie doesn't bring... I wouldn't say Mookie brings the the national star power that those two have. No, I would agree with you as a Red Sox fan. I would agree with you on that. I feel like Mookie doesn't... When you think MLB right now, you think Trout, Harper. Definitely. Those, yes. are the, those are the first two names that come up. So I, I would agree with you with that statement. I mean, obviously, is Mookie a huge free agent? Yeah, dude, huge. Mm-hmm. Is he going anywhere? I can't see it. Do you think he's signing a $330 million contract somewhere? I, Do you think he's worth that? Is he worth that? It's a tough question right now. I think it's going to depend on how this year goes. True. For him. I, I, I agree, but... Right now, I would say yes, because obviously he's the AL MVP. Yes. I mean, he is He is an great MVP. Great fielder, great hitter, everything about him. And I, I could definitely see, because, I mean, the Boston Red Sox has this money, 
have they have that money, I should say. FSG, yep. That they would give him that contract. Definitely. And the thing is, obviously, you know, it's no known secret, even though us Red Sox will and forever will call the Yankees the evil empire, Boston is the hub, is the heaviest ta- um heaviest penalized team for being over the luxury tax. We do have the highest payroll in baseball. You do. And so- and oh. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon because, I mean, they're John a Henry huge... has cash to blow, my friend. He is. I mean, he has the money. This team has this money, so they can do that. Now, the greater question, not talking about Mookie, going back to Mike Trout. What the hell type of contract is Mike Trout going to sign? Because Mike Trout, he is a guy that puts people in seats, which is desperate for MLB right now because everyone knows, everyone can see it. Two, two of my favorite sports, NASCAR and MLB. They're not they're not getting the fans to come out to the park. They may get views on TV, but they're not getting the fans to come out to the park. Where the hell is this guy going to sign? Yeah. And obviously the tampering makes it very interesting uh, for two reasons. One, I mean, Bryce Harper and Mike Trout in your outfield. Holy shit, that would be yeah. incredible. And especially, and, I think I know what your part, what your uh, second point is going to be. What's it? What? What? Tell me. In Mike Trout's backyard. Exactly, because Mike Trout is a Jersey boy. Yeah. Our our friend uh, Goose Joe Gleason actually he has told me a story one time at his high school, watched Mike Trout play. He wasn't on. He, he didn't go to the same high school, but people knew about Mike Trout. He went to the field to watch Mike Trout play baseball I think Mike in Trout, high school. I think he went to Vineland's. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, because I know he's definitely a South Jersey boy. Yeah, he is, and he's also – everyone – every time the Eagles make it into the playoffs, he gets uh-huh. those first-row seats. So, everyone right. see, everyone yep. sees Mike Trout right there, in so. this, Right in the north end zone, yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's there every big game. Yeah. Um. Yeah, definitely that does add spice, the fact that it is Mike Trout's backyard and with Bryce Harper trying to pull him and there. And then he and can like get season said, tickets. Then he can legit get season tickets to the Eagles. Yeah, <laughs> And, so, I mean, Bryce Harper's already going to have him. The Philadelphia Eagles have probably already given it to him. Yeah. Um, um, Bryce Harper is going to be a walking god, especially after today when it came out on uh, Twitter that his first uh, at bat as a Philly, he walked out to the theme song to the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Already hinting at wanting to go to L.A. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's true. But no. I, well, they were playing. I think they were playing the Dodgers today. Uh, I looked that up. I could be wrong, but I think I they will, were playing the Dodgers I today. So I think it was kind of like a, I wouldn't say spite, but kind of like, haha, you didn't get me type they, thing. They played the Blue Jays. Blue Jays. Uh, I saw blue. I thought it was the Dodgers, but yeah, Blue Jays. You know what's also interesting? I read this. Bryce Harper, apparently, I mean, it makes sense considering his hairstyles, but he has barbershops and he's bringing one to Philly. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, he's already he's already invested in something. He's already invested in the city, so he's there to stay. But I especially think, because he committed to a thirteen-year, three hundred thirty million dollar contract with no trade clause and no um, no release clause. Like he is committing to the Philadelphia Phillies organization, and the Phillies are committing to him because there, there's no opt out for either the team or the player. Now, my question for you, and this may be this is a leading question, but I think I know what you're going to say. Do you think it was worth it? For the Phillies? Yes. I would say yes. Why? Because, so, I we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. Um, and it's, it's a conversation that's been ongoing on the radio lately. 
um, here again, you know, Rick and I obviously living within an even distance. We're a 45 minute drive from Philadelphia and a 45 minute train ride from New York city. So we obviously get the best of both worlds here. Yeah. Um, I think it is worth it because again, the conversation that has happened is are the Phillies now going to be the talk of Philadelphia? Obviously right now, here's the situation going on in Philadelphia. Got the 76ers, which we're going to get into in a little bit, have been making noise because they're within the top four of the Eastern Conference in the NBA. You got Embiid, you got Simmons, they traded for Tobias Harris. They got a lot of pieces, obviously, Jimmy Buckets. They got a lot of pieces going on with the Sixers right now. I don't care what you say. Us Eagles fans are going to talk about Super Bowl 52 for the rest of our lives. It's going to be annoying as hell. Well, get used to it, my friend. <laughs> but Eagles fans are going to talk about Super Bowl 52 for the rest of our lives. And yeah. that's going to be very, very hard to replace, which to me answers this question of what I'm leading into is what kind of city is Philadelphia? Is it a baseball town? Is it a football town? Is it basketball? I mean, yeah, the Flyers are making a playoff push, but I definitely say the Flyers right now or bottom of the barrel in Philadelphia just because of the fact that the Eagles I think are going to be loved for the rest of their lives now no matter what they do they can go 0-16 next year and we'll still be like yeah Super Bowl 52 um and the Phillies obviously with Bryce Harper and look at what the Sixers are doing right now and the argument is does Bryce Harper to the Phillies make Philadelphia more of a baseball city and this is why I'm going to say yes it is worth it for them getting Bryce Harper because the Phillies now to me are the front runner in the NL East because what people need to understand Mm -hmm. this is what people need to understand I know as a Mets fan you don't like it no I I mean it's not even the Mets that I think is the front runner in the NL East you still think the Braves 100% see because this is why I think the the Phillies made a lot of good moves Mm -hmm. they got McCutcheon they got um, Real Muto. They got Bryce Harper. Um, I feel like the Phillies made a lot of good moves. And obviously, landing the, this has f- been the most face of baseball. This has been the most exciting offseason for the Phillies. Uh, probably. Dude, I, I can't. I can't. Uh, yeah, in a while. Probably since. I mean, it's probably. I mean, obviously, it's been the most exciting thing for the Phillies since 08. Yeah. So I can compare it to that, but I mean, still, it's been one of the most exciting off seasons for a single team. And in- and see, that's what's going to make it for that question of what kind of sports town is Philadelphia is. We're going to have to see what Bryce Harper and his Philly team does. Just how I mentioned, we're going to talk about Super Bowl Fifty Two forever for us Eagles fans. I know it's no secret I'm a huge Eagles fan here, but just as you said, this is the most exciting time in Philadelphia since '08. 08 for the Phillies and for the city of Philadelphia will always be a benchmark. Like, I feel like with football, we're going to forever, Eagles fans are going to be like, well, was it the 2017-2018 Philadelphia Eagles who finally won the Super Bowl? And it's going to come down to me for, I think, it's just for... It's just so hard knowing how the relationship that Philadelphia has with the Eagles, how hard it is to break that. Like, I know I'm going to go out on a limb here. Boston, even though they got the Patriots, baseball town, Red Sox. L.A., uh, you got the Lakers. I think the Dodgers, whatever they are, L.A. is going to be a basketball city. Yeah. Philadelphia, I think, is going to stay a football city. 
because of the love that or hate that they have for the Eagles. <laughs> but I think the Bryce Harper trade is worth it because, again, the Phillies are now back in the conversation. I think them last year making noise, they just missed, but they were pushing for above 500 record, pushing for that playoff spot against the Braves for a long time until they faded away towards the end of the season. They kind of were getting their name back in there. But again, not only was it Harper, they got Real Muto, mm -hmm. they got McCutcheon, they got some good pieces. But I mean, McCutcheon's good. So but I think they're back. It's worth it because now it's just not even like the, the Phillies are back in the conversation again. Especially in what I think, again, no offense, is a weaker NL East. You think the NL East is weak? As f you, I mean, the pitching is stacked. In the this. pitching is stacked, but you're also talking yeah, to we a don't... dude. You're talking to a guy who had whose favorite team is in a division with two 100 team win teams. Yeah, that's just last season. And you guys, for you guys, you you have a money over overwhelmingly money built uh, league, as well as the Yankees. Yeah, that that's why that's yeah. why that's what I meant. Yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of money is being thrown through the AL. East. Oh yeah, one hundred. So, so I would agree more, with you more on than that. what, what the NL East has. But I mean, it's still the same time. We are throwing money around, especially with Bryce Harper to the Phillies. I do think the NL East is going to stay close. Oh, I, I it's going to stay close. I think the Phillies are going to come out on top, but I see the Nationals still hanging around a little bit, but not as much. The Braves will be the Braves. I, I, I know you think the Braves are still the team, to be, the team to be, and I'm interested to see what you have to say about that. If the Mets could stay healthy, if the Mets could really stay healthy, I know you're shaking your head over there. I, I mean, it's it's sad. I, Every, it's a big if, but if the Mets could stay healthy, they could really hang around. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. It's it's. I feel like for me, I have two pretty solid, uh, pretty solid organizations with the Steelers and. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say Sacramento Kings. I just. I just pulled that one out of my ass that I'm gonna be a Sacramento Kings fan because I lost touch with uh, the Nets years ago. Obviously, when they. Left and I'll, I'll get into. Yeah. The, I'll get into that at a different time on why I chose the Kings, but I mean, the Mets and and the and the Devils just so injury prone for the past few years. Mm -hmm. Like I mean, I just. I still think. I still think uh, I still think Atlanta is better, and I'll even say Washington, especially with their pitching. Washington is still better than both the Phillies and the Mets. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah, but it's dude. That's so funny. You brought up the Devils. Look, the Devils spent one year healthy. They made the playoffs. Look at this year, we're we're yeah. trying for a number one pick again. <laughs> yeah, dude. Not, um, with, with Taylor Hall, it's like we're. We're like trying to be like the Oilers, which sucks. Exactly. But anyway, let's let's get back into. Let's but get back I th into I, th I think as far as the NL East, if I had to pick my order right now, and again, I do think if the Mets could stay healthy, they can make a push. But I'm just going off the track record here. If with Bryce Harper, if you had to give me the NL East right now, I'd go Phillies, Braves, Nationals, Mets, and then the Marlins are a joke. I do think the Mets can be above. I. Realistically, I think there can be four teams in at least above 500. Again, I know. Do I think they're a weaker division as far as when you look at the other power teams like the NL West? You got the Dodgers, and we're gonna get into another NL West team in a few. And you still have the Giants still hang around. The Diamondbacks are up and coming. The Rockies had a good year. NL Central, I don't care. 
what anyone has to say, the Cardinals are always a threat. Their yeah. system is so good. The Cardinals are and always will be a threat. Look at it last year. They made a playoff push. Just when we thought the Cardinals were finally done, they still made a playoff push. And then obviously you still have the Brewers and the NL Central. Uh, and the Cubs. Cubs are still a very solid team. AL East, again, you have two 100-win teams who are just in the arms race with each other, the Red Sox and the Yankees. Um, enough said. AL Central, you got the Indians, very solid. AL Central, I think, is kind of weaker. I mean, when you look at the rest of that division, the twi- when the Twins are competing, you, you're not the best division. Um, the Indians are pretty solid. The White Sox, eh, they're whatever. And then you got the AL West, obviously. If the White Sox got the Machado, Astros. what do you what do you think? Still no. Okay, I I agree. So, I agree. um, but that's pretty much again. I, the I, White Sox, though, I think, it, with him without Machado, uh, are they are a rebuilding team, and are going to look good in the next three years. The White Sox, yes. Because I feel like the Indians' run is starting is going to come to an end. I think it's already over. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be competitive this year, but I think it's over. I mean, they they missed they're out they not, missed out on their uh, they missed out on their World Series. You're not beating the Red Sox. You're not beating the Yankees. You're not beating the Astros. Yeah, you're not. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, you're not. You're if you're gonna pick Astros are still a, a ninety plus win team because those are your four playoff teams right yeah. there. You know, some random wild card team will get in, but. Boston and New York are both playoff teams. Mm-hmm. The Indians, I still think, will win that division. I, I think, and I the think, Astros. I agree, they still win the division, but they're also they're going to be the like the weak link. They're going to be, gonna be the, playing the wild card, right? And, and you have the rise of the Athletics, so it's going to be the yeah. probably the A's against the Red Sox or the Yankees. It's just whoever pulls out on top of that division, Boston or New York. Even though Boston, New York, whoever wins or whoever loses that division I think is still obviously the best team going into the wild card but even still the Indians and whoever that fifth wild card team are the weakest because you're not overcoming the Astros the Red Sox or the Yankees for the NL West I think things can are the Dodgers still good yeah yeah oh yeah but I think you saw and again this could just be me being biased I think you saw the difference between the AL and the NL in the World Series yeah less money yeah, and look well, at what well. Well, I mean, the Dodgers have money, but still. But look at what Boston. Right, the the dot. That's the fact. The Dodgers have money. They're an NL team that has money, and look at what Boston did to them. They got one game off of them that went what eighteen innings, something like that. Yeah. So I think that just shows the gap. But again, I think as far as Bryce Harper and changing the landscape, I think the the Phillies, if they're not winning the division, they're definitely a playoff team. Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, maybe. I'll, I'll say maybe. They may not be there yet, but maybe. Uh, now, I know we didn't. I didn't write this down, but I kind of want to. I kind of want to bring this up. Two things that are two things that happened this preseason. One, the uh, the quote unquote shot clock, the pitching clock. Do you think that will be effective? Well, I've been seeing reports and that they don't want to use it till 2022. I, under, I understand. I, I, I completely agree. That should I, be a tried and tested thing. But I guess the more generalized question, do you think that would be good for the sport? Yes, definitely. 
because it'll speed Dude, things up. They're doing it in minor league. We go to the Trenton Thunder games. Yeah, yeah, I, all I, the time. But I, I think the, re- the difference. I think the 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 big reason why they're doing it a lot in minor league is so once those guys get called up to the majors, that they just snap and keep going. Because obviously, I mean, I was even though I love the Red Sox, I was a lacrosse player in high school and college. Like, you know, we'd always make fun of baseball players for how they would stand there. Yeah, all the time. You know, throw a pitch. All right, I got to fix. I didn't move. I need to fix my glove. It's it's a very five times. It's a very strategic sport. It's not like yes. the most exciting thing. The most exciting thing that can happen is a grand slam, which the likelihood of that happening is a very. It happens a few times a year, but doesn't happen enough. It's to like make, you said, though, very strategic. Yeah, exactly. It's a very strategic sport. Mm-hmm. Now, the second thing. Uh, this is more pointed towards me, but I want to think. I want to hear your interpretation of this. It's been talked about, but it sounds like it's getting more serious talks uh, to kind of unite the AL and NL where there would be a designated hitter. There would be no more in the NL, no more pitchers hitting the ball. I do like designated hitters. Okay. I what? do like designated hitters a lot. Why is that? I I like the – I just like the idea – because I like the like this, I, I guess I just like the specialization. Okay, you know, you specialize in pitching, you specialize in hitting. But I also at the same time do like the mixture in between the two because it's a challenge. Yeah, I like the challenge of like so like Red Sox obviously in the World Series have to go to the Dodgers and you watch Chris Sale or Rick Porcello or Joe Kelly even though he's not with us anymore. You watch them try to hit and you're like, oh my god! But like, it's part of the challenge. Same thing for the – I would argue right now, and tell me if I'm wrong, the designated hitter rule is more of an advantage for the NL as far as the World Series than the AL. Because in the NL, at least, you get your pitchers hitting. You know, they have to get used to it. When does Chris Sale have to hit? You know, and then when – When he pitches in the NL. Which is how often. Stadium. Not often. Right. So when the NL teams have to, when Boston goes to the NL, you know, you got Kershaw, who has at least had more experience hitting the ball versus Chris Sales, maybe had 12 at-bats all year. Yeah, I mean, when you when you think of NL pitchers that hit, I mean, number one you think of is Madison Bumgarner. Bartolo Colon. Well, Bart- <laughs> see, that that would also be a reason why I would I would want the – the pitchers to keep hitting. Now I'll, I'll go into my argument. I disagree that it's an advantage mm-hmm. because it'd be it'd be kind of like it'd be an advantage when you come to our park, but it's not necessarily an advantage when we go into your park. Because say our let's just say our first designated hitter when going into an AL park would kind of be our tenth man, right? Got basically the guy that they put in. Uh, in in between innings when they need to sit, they need to finally sit the pitcher. He doesn't necessarily get the most reps as a designated hitter does. Designated right. hitter goes up to bat three or four times on average a game when they're in an AL park. So we don't have that advantage going coming into our parks. I mean, it's widely known pitchers are not the best hitters. Yeah, there's only you can only think of one. Threatening hitter in this modern age right now, and it's or not modern age, but this stage in the game right now, it's Madison Bumgarner. Mm-hmm. He could potentially hit 200. 
He can get. He's one of the guys that generally always gets over the Mendoza line. Right. Not always. I I don't know my stats, but I know he has. Not many other pitchers can do that, that. and and you're not a strength when they get up at bat. Because generally, when you see pitchers throwing against pitchers, they're just throwing fastballs up the middle and they can't hit them. Like it's it's not that threatening. So that that's kind of my argument. Also, going off to the Bartolo Colon thing. That was, I mean, that huge pop. Like, when he hit that home run. I mean, yeah. That I mean, there's wild. It's wild. Everyone everyone went to their cell phones, went to Bleacher Report, YouTube, went and watched that clip. That was the, the year that that happened. That was, that was probably the most popular clip. Easily. In, in, that MLB put out on their YouTube page. So, when that happened... It's an exciting thing, and it brings excitement when it does happen at the park. Now, yes, I agree. Most, I, I would say 99 out of 100 times, maybe even more than that, maybe 199 out of 200 times, it's going to happen Right. that a pitcher is going to do that. But, I mean, it brings excitement to that. So, I disagree. I want it to stay, but also, I, see, I'm, definitely, I I'm, definitely, see... I'm definitely a newer baseball fan. Um. I haven't my my buddy uh, Chris Santiago. Whenever what he's a very uh, he's very pessimistic. He's a Mets fan, but I talk to him about the Mets all the time. And he likes he pretty much, he's one of those guys that likes all these teams that never win the Jets, the Mets, the uh, the Nets, like all all these New York he likes all the New York teams that do not do not that do not win. So he's very negative all the time. But me and him both agree. He's more he's more of a traditional fan. I'm a brand new fan. That the M- NL pitcher still should hit. Mm-hmm. See, I just see. I went to. I obviously probably the best chance for me to go see a baseball game without getting jumped is to go see the Red Sox in Philly. Because we all know how that goes when Red Sox fans go see a baseball game in New York, vice versa. Um, but the way. We're, we're not I, as, we're not as bad up at City Field. I mean, we're not exactly. But your Boston rival. doesn't really play the Mets as much. I feel like Boston always has a series with the Phillies. It's like the whatever the rivalry that the MLB picked us because obviously now they do the interleague schedule a little different. Yeah. But I see the way the Red Sox have to move. Like, you ever watched JD Martinez playing in outfield before? Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So that's why I say it's like an advantage because you have to scramble your lineup you so pay, much. You so pay, like you pay that guy a lot of money to hit dingers. And so say like yeah, exactly. But like look at Boston, right? Realistically, every single one of their outfielders could be a Golden Glover this year. The killer bees, Ben Intendi, Betts, Bradley Jr. But then obviously you have Bogarts, the shortstop. But I'm just talking the outfield. You got the killer bees in the outfield. They could all be Golden Glovers. You go to Philly, you go to the Mets, right? Or you go to the Dodgers or any one of those NL teams. You got to pick between J.D. Martinez, Betts, Bradley Jr., and Benintendi. And that, for me, is a disadvantage. You got to sit one of your guys down. Where in the AL, Boston has no problem starting the Killer Bees in the outfield and J.D. Martinez at DH. Yeah. You know, you can get your all of your best players out there 
involved in hitting the ball, which is a very – I mean, am I discounting defense? No, obviously not because, again, as I just said, all of Boston's outfield could be golden gloves this year. So, the- But I just see the advantage of being able in the AL to get all of your players out there. Where I feel like it's a disadvantage because when you go to the NL – you, for Boston's sake, you've got you got to sit one of those bats down because not only can Bradley Jr. not as much Bradley Jr. he can when it counts, but Bradley Jr. bets Benintendi and Martinez. One of them's got to sit. Right, and that's a huge loss, huge loss because all four of those bats, less so Bradley Jr., but even still so, like Bradley Jr. has a good history of coming up when it counts. You have to sit one of those bats down. Okay. Yeah. I can I can agree with that, but mm-hmm. you kind of also made the argument that J.D. Martinez doesn't deserve that money. True. Yeah. Like, it, of, if it, it was going the other way, then you'd be trading probably J.D. Martinez. Right. So. But, anyway, let's uh, let's jump away from baseball. Uh, time Great chat on baseball. Yeah. We haven't done baseball in a yeah, long time, we're, so that we're was gonna good. Do a, we're we're going to do a more uh, preseason prediction type podcast next time we're recording. Uh, I feel like we kind of did a little bit there, but let's jump into something else. NFL. Uh, yes, it is offseason, but it can always be talked about, especially with all these names being signed and traded everywhere. Now, we're not, we're not, we're not going to go everywhere. <laughs> But let's let's start with a few. As I, I'm sure this isn't the one that Feds is crying about, but I'm gonna start with the Eagles. Uh, 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 Bennett to the Pats. No, I'm not crying about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I figure you're not crying about that. No. But you guys got a uh, fifth round pick, and the Pats got Bennett, and I believe a seventh round pick for 2020. I could be wrong about that, but I'd say the main chunk of that is. Pass trade away a fifth round pick for Bennett. Like or dislike and why? I like it. Because I do that Eagles D line is just so loaded. Yeah, Michael Bennett had a big year, but we re-signed BG for three years. I would I'd take Brandon Graham. We wore our chance, baby. Um, that's all you don't I have the say. issues that Michael Bennett could possibly yeah, have. Brandon Graham, he signed the extension for three years, right? Correct. So I would much rather take BG and that's in that sake. Um I know we're letting Tim Jernigan leave. That's more of a bigger loss, but you still have players like Fletcher Cox, you still got Chris Long. The Eagles defensive line is still loaded. And I feel like in that sense, Dougie P was okay with letting him be traded because the Eagles have done such a good job, especially this is a big credit of mine to Dougie P of developing the culture of that team. Lane Johnson took a huge cap hit to open up space for the Eagles to go make some moves this offseason. Um, and take a look at members of the offensive line taking pay cuts so Nick Foles can get a payday because they were like, yo, he's a Super Bowl MVP. He, diver- he deserves a payday. Michael Bennett didn't want to take a pay cut. He said, no, I'm not taking a pay cut. I want to pay raise. So it was easy for Howie Roseman to be like, okay, you don't fit our culture here, which honestly I don't think he did in the first place. He was good. He serviced a year, but he doesn't fit the Eagles culture of 
the team comes before the individual because obviously when Dougie P went in and developed that culture, we won a Super Bowl. Um, so I'm definitely not upset about losing Michael Bennett. Um, I like my defensive linemen and big pads not looking like they're middle school football players and half-size shoulder pads. Um, I will miss him because I did think he had good productivity, but again, I feel like the Eagles are going to be fine. You still got Chris Long, BG, and you have Derek Barnett coming off of an injury. So there you go. You got you start with Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett. Chris Long is your third down wide as your third down defensive end. All right, I I, I agree for you guys that that it needs to go. Um, I, I feel he definitely wasn't as productive, and I mean even though he wasn't as productive, I feel like. For some reason, Patriots are always, always the sign, the old guy, and they'll find something out of the old guy. Yeah. So, Bennett to the Patriots, it was a trade that worked out for both teams. Uh, now, going off to trade, going off a trade, I'll go back to trades, but another huge, si- uh, I would say a signing, not, not a trade, a signing, Eric Weddle, he was dropped by the Ravens. That was shocking. Yeah. Uh, yes and no. Uh uh, he was dropped by the Ravens, and he signed a two-year deal with the Rams. Uh, I understand why they did. I mean, they have, they have a, a lot of talent in that secondary of the of the Ravens. But on the other hand, the Rams they had they have a lot of talent in their secondary, but their talent is also injury prone. I don't really recall too many injuries to Eric Weddle. Yes, he was a little bit more injury prone. But I still think that is a huge signing to bolster that defense. Uh, it's already scary. And now they got one of the greatest secondary safeties right now in Eric Weddle. But, I mean, I'm just going to say this. Was the defense a problem in Super Bowl 53? No. I mean, obviously, no, <laughs> that was not the problem in Super Bowl 53. But, I mean, it's kind it's kind of like... How would I say this? What 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 comparison would I want it to be? I mean, the move is great for the Rams. Yes, the, the move, move is, is truly great for the Rams. Because just when you thought that defense couldn't get any more sack, they get even better. All right, so uh, they're, they're kind of doing the opposite. They're doing the opposite of what the Buccaneers did in their season after they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. In their season after they won the Super Bowl, they let go of what's – they had the number one defense, and they let go of seven of their guys. Yeah, and tell me when the Bucks have been good since then. Yeah, exactly. 100% exactly. They pulled the Florida Marlins. <laughs> Miami Marlins now, but yeah, no. same thing. Marlins won the World Series in 2003. One of the Marlins has been good again. Beckett went to the Red Sox. D-Train left to go through the math. Yeah. No, I, something I about those Florida teams. Yeah, Marlins also had the advantage though of like they signed all those uh, all those guys from the Expos when they were kind of going into the shitter. So, yeah, <laughs> so they had that. Uh, but yeah, that would be what I compare it to. Like, yeah, obviously their their defense is stacked and that's their bread and butter. Kind of like what the Steelers were for years. Their defense was their bread and butter, and their offense was just okay. It, it's a it's a winning strategy. It's been proven to win. Yes, it's a little bit different now. Now this is more in an offensive passing league, 
But if it's an offensive passing league, you need you, defensive passive players. And, and like you, you need, need players on defense who are going to defend the pass. Exactly. And if they if they're going to do anything, if they're going to have these names, uh, they could possibly. Because I mean, obviously their their D line is stacked right now. Just with Donald, just with Donald, their D line is stacked. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, I I'm not gonna say it. It's all just him, but I mean, he is a huge part of it. Be being a defensive tackle going at the middle and getting that many sacks. Usually, it's the edge rusher. They're they're in up middle with Donald. I mean, obviously, but you could think of it as possibly. I don't I don't know the exact scenario of the Rams right now. But kind of pulling a a Super Bowl fifty two with the Eagles, where their where their line was being rotated out, yeah, a lot. They had different guys for different positions, different schemes. I mean, obviously that is true with NFL today. I won't say as much as the Eagles, oh, though. I, I'm, I'm I'm not saying that, but I'm, yeah, I'm I know. just comparing it to that. You are correct. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and if you're able to trade out safety for safety, and you are not threatened in any way of putting a, a second, a different safety in, then yeah, they could do that. But my only counter to that is, yeah, that's great and all, but look at the Eagles win Super Bowl 52. They go get Ngata, they go get Michael Bennett, and they got all these great guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're improving upon a, def- a, a being 100% honest, a defensive line that won a Super Bowl for the Eagles. BG doesn't get the sack. DB doesn't pick up the ball. Yeah. Brady marches downfield, and the Patriots probably have seven. Exactly. But look at what happened when they were like, okay, we're going to rotate the defensive line even more. Okay. Look at the productivity that went down, you know? I mean, Brady is a Super Bowl hangover, maybe, but you never know. I I mean, it could be all those guys got a year older. I mean, that, that seems the average life of an NFL player is three years. So year older is a lot. Yeah. Oh, one under. So, especially my argument will forever be, especially when you're on the line. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, running backs and offensive defensive line. When you're taking that many hits, your your body's gonna your break shelf down. life in the NFL is very low. Yeah. Although there are some O linemen that stay in the game forever. It seems like Cox. Yeah. And defense. Sue. Yeah. Defensive. Yeah. Well, he's he's defense. Well, yeah. that's what I mean. Obviously, offensive line. You still had Debrickshaw Ferguson lasted a while for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey just signed an extension with the Eagles. He's been hanging around for a while. Yeah. So, yet yes, I agree. But I mean, once you find these players, they're gonna stay there forever. Yeah. It seems uh, forever is a century, which is ten years. Not ten, century. <laughs> <laughs> a decade. <laughs> Oi. All right. Uh, let's move on. Uh, this one's more uh, towards me. Gilbert to the to the Cardinals for a seventh round pick. Uh, I'm I'm upset to see him go because the Steelers' offensive line is arguably the best offensive line in the league. But if you were to let one of them go, it would probably be Gilbert. Mm-hmm. So he he is very solid, very good. But if you're gonna let one of them go. Gilbert is the one. We got a seventh round pick. It's not the most exciting thing, but also we we just resigned Pouncey for three more years. So like, at the end of the day, at the end, am I boring you? No. Fed just yawned at me. We're an asshole. Uh, at Oops. the at, at the end of the day, I, 
it's a it's a business it's a business deal. Am I exactly happy? No. Am I exactly upset? No. So I can see that. Yeah. So sorry to see him go. He's going to the Cardinals, which is a rebuilding team, which hopefully he can help rebuild that team. Which is another interesting point that I want to bring up going to the Cardinals. Rosen. A lot of teams yeah. are interested in Rosen. Because the rumor is that the Cardinals with the number one pick are gonna take Kyler Murray. Yeah, but they've been saying they've been saying for a month straight now, pretty it feels like a month straight, may not be a month straight, but feels like a month straight now that Rosen is our QB. And I completely agree with that. Cause if you're gonna spend a first round pick on a guy, you're gonna have to stick with him. Especially in excuse me, especially in that important of a position You're and need that to stick with them and that high of a pick as well yes and now that now that they got gilbert he he is a very good offensive lineman like like i said going back to when he was with the steelers if you're gonna let a guy go gilbert that's understandable i get that it sucks that we let him go because i'm a little scared because i feel yeah. like our offensive line is not gonna be good and big ben is an older qb who used to be able to move around, but now he's big and fat and can't really move around very much anymore. So, uh, Gilbert there is going to help them tremendously because I, when you and I we would watch Red Zone together, every single time they would switch over, it seems like Rosen was just being destroyed. Oh, absolutely killed. I, I, so it's if you give him protection, maybe he'll do something. So you got, you got, but at the same time, it is interesting to see then why are they being so heavily linked to taking Kyler Murray, Murray first overall? Because their head coach coached him. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a very interesting dynamic there, but I don't see that happening. I I may be one of the only people in America that says that, but I seriously don't see that happening. I completely agree, and I believe it's the complete truth that you. You that they're sticking with Rosen now. I think they will too. Now, if they offer him some sort of ridiculous deal that like you can't turn down, then obviously they're going to trade Rosen. They're they're going to pick up Kyler Murray. I right. think that will happen, but I the chances of that are slim to none. So I don't think that'll happen. I yeah no I can't see that because again like you just said you've just invested a number a top ten pick in your future. Just to toss him aside one year later, I feel like that's going to be a little bit too much for the Cardinals, even though I feel like they have – the Cardinals have a lot of work to do, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had those few good years. They made it a Super Bowl, obviously lost to your Steelers with Kurt Warner. Um, I feel like they had those good that good defense. David uh, Robertson, just a matter of – can you say healthy? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Cardinals have a lot of work to do, but I do think – It'd be very, very foolish of them to commit to another quarterback a year after spending one of your top 10 picks on a quarterback that you said is your future. So that's why it's hard for me to see that Kyler Murray is going to go number one. But yeah, um, I don't think no, I think it's going to be Bosa. That's number one. Yes, I agree with you, Bosa. Yeah. Do I think Kyler Murray is going the first round? I would say most likely yes, because there's a lot of QBs out there that are old in age and they need a new pl- and they need a replacement. I think it's going to come down to even though a lot of people are saying the Giants are going to take Dwayne Haskins, I think it's going to come down to who do the Giants want more? Cuz I mean, the Jags have a pretty high pick. We're unfortunately going to get into that in a second. 
Um, sorry, just crying a little bit. Um, but that's really like, well, name some other teams that really need to have an old quarterback to replace. Well, I f- Broncos I like, need a quarterback. Yeah, because they got there's Flacco. No, there's no, re- there's no re- replacement there. They, they need just a gave the Redskins the quarterback that the Eagles beat the shit out of in the NFC Championship right. game. Yeah, I'm going to get into that. Dude, what a life. What a time to be an Eagles fan. The, the Cowboys are about to give Dak Prescott the payday of his lifetime. And then you have Eli Manning and Case Keenum. <laughs> All right, I, I will I, I will defend I will defend I will defend the Dak Prescott signing or the extension. All right, go. Uh you he yeah, obviously he's not the best quarterback in the world. He one hundred percent hold on, he's not hundred percent not the best quarterback in the world. I agree, hundred percent. But where are you gonna find a quarterback of that caliber? Yeah. I mean he's nowhere. He's a, he's a top if you like it or don't like it, he's at least a top 20 QB. See, you're nice. I was going to say top 15. Yeah I, yeah, I would argue that too, a top 15 QB. I was going to say you're being nice by saying I was easily expecting you. If you said top 10, I may have quit the no, podcast. No, I, I, I disagree. <laughs> I, 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 no, no, not top 10. Top 15, top 20, yes. Yes, I would agree so with you So you got to stick with that guy. Yeah, but and also – that's that's not a team that's completely reliant on the QB. Yes, I mean, look at what Amari look, Cooper did for the Cowboys. Unfortunately, yes. look at what he did for them. Yeah, but I, he also gave Dak Prescott a good target. Mm-hmm. If you give a QB a good target to throw to, then yeah, they're gonna make some passes. That's everybody uh, going into what the going into what the Steelers have to go through right now with Antonio Brown. Thank <coughs> thank God that we have Juju. Because it's a good target that Big Ben can still throw to. But when what I'm thinking is going to happen is the Raiders are going to get Antonio Brown. Yeah, I've been hearing that too. When the Raiders get Antonio Brown, Derek Carr is going to look like a damn good QB. And they they sign him to a few-year contract back back a few years ago. That contract is going to finally come into fruition once they have the quality of receiver that they have in Antonio Brown. Let me tell you about this Derek Carr fella. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you. But let anyway, let, you. let's let's jump jump back. Um let's go back in the QBs. You said it before, Case Keenum to the skins. Yeah. Case Keenum ah. Case Keenum is going to be there to stay in place of Alex Smith, who may he's gonna collect his contract he's gonna collect his contract money for being injured. I don't know exactly what the deal is there. But I mean, he cannot play next year. He had the one of the most horrific injuries since Joe Theismann. And <laughs> and look and, at what happened to Joe Theismann. Exactly. So, uh, with that type of injury, uh, obviously you need someone to fill those shoes. Case Keenum. I mean, <sighs> the Redskins are the Redskins. Like you, you should be very thankful that the, you guys have the Redskins in your division. Oh, Oh, one hundred. I'm very thankful because look at what their loss week seventeen to us did. Yeah, exactly. So the Redskins are the Redskins. They need a QB. The the only team that is truly looking to get rid of their QB right now that is still on contract would be the Den- would be Denver. They need someone that I would say is a solid enough QB to hold the fort down until inevitably what the Redskins need to do is sign a good QB. Now it could be one of these guys that are going to be are going to be in the draft this year? I don't think so. I feel like they have other problems that they need to take care of first. But, uh, I mean, Redskins needed a QB. 
This is yeah. de- obviously this isn't the signing of the century, but it needs to be talked about just because of the situation with Alex Smith. And I think yeah, Alex Smith is a checkdown QB, but he's damn he's one of the best checkdown QBs you'll ever see. So Alex Smith get well, Case Keenum, good luck with that ship is is a ship that's taken on water. Fourth right place now. in the NFC East. And going back to the Cowboys, uh not Dak Prescott. I think this is a more interesting one that the Cowboys are doing. Uh, the contract restructuring for Lee. Yeah. Because um, obviously he is I, – I don't – I mean, I Lee is an amazing player. He is. He's very good. When he's on the field. Exactly. He Which is, is ne- why I feel like that move for Dallas was a good move because, again, it's like what you just said, when he's on the field. Exactly. So you got to give that money somewhere else, and that money is going to Dak Prescott. It seems like, and I mean Lee. I don't know. I don't know if he has a no trade clause, but I'm sure as hell. I sure as hell believe that he does not want to leave Dallas. So, yeah, they they probably pressured him to doing it, and he was probably willing to do it. Now, also they in his position is Van Noy, who is an amazing. Linebacker. He came out of nowhere. He, yeah, he's an amazing linebacker, and. The and Dallas struck gold with him, so now that Lee is probably I, he may be still a captain, but he may be second string captain. So, like Van Noy, they're probably gonna be switching out time to see who's actually gonna be first first player to come out. But it just it just seems like every year the inevitability when Lee gets injured, yeah, that he they they at least have this guy to stand stand his place. And Lee obviously didn't because it's like you said money. it's an it's it's not like oh is he going to it's an inev- inevitability mm-hmm. that he's going to get hurt. Yeah, so, so I think that's the probably the more interesting one that happened there. Uh, now let's go into big names that have not signed or not signed or traded to anywhere. Uh, and uh, you can start spraying your tears because let's talk about full. <laughs> <laughs> Foles right now is linked to Jacksonville Jaguars. How's everyone doing? Let's make some noise. Come on. As obviously Jacksonville is finally, I, w- I wouldn't say done because they haven't released them yet, but they're finally done with Blake Foles. And Nick Foles is going to get a full-time starting job there, most likely. <laughs> Uh, let me say this, okay? Because I know obviously I'm crying because I've I was a Nick Foles fan from the first time Foles was the Eagles quarterback back when we were in college and was devastated when we traded him. I am very happy because he fully does deserve a starting job in Philadelphia, and I'm fully happy for Nikki Six. But my only thing again with Nikki is tell me where has he been? Ex- um, where has he been successful outside of Philadelphia? Nowhere. Yeah. And that is my problem with that. Um, I still am, as an Eagles fan, 100% team Wentz, and I will still completely stand injury behind prone. the fact, yes, he is injury prone, but also at the same time, so was Andrew Luck, and look what Luck, what, look at what Luck did this year. Yeah, so well, if he can, if Wentz can get over the injury prone stigma, which I am 100% confident he will, we're going to be okay. But... My thing is, again, with Foles, 
He deserves a starting job somewhere. And as far as when you look at the Eagles roster, we were 23 mil over cap space at the start of this year, and he was 17 mil of that. So for the Eagles moves, it made sense. You had to let him go. Um, Are we going to miss Nikki? Yes. The, the, the dude already has a statue in front of the link. Like I said, we're going to, we're going to worship that Super Bowl 52 team forever. Um, and I still stand behind the fact that everybody who says that Foles should start over Wentz are the bandwagon Eagles fans who did not start watching until we made the Super Bowl. Um, or like the Eagles fans are like, oh yeah, I'm an Eagles fan. You never watch and you watch them when they got into the Super Bowl, watch Foles win a Super Bowl. Wentz comes back, puts up better numbers than he did last year when he was a MVP candidate. And you're like, well, why doesn't Foles start? Um, again, we, we just said it with the Cardinals, right? The Cardinals invested in Zach Rosen, and they made a high draft pick for him. The Eagles moved heaven Josh and Rosen. earth. Josh Rosen. So I'm thinking I'm getting um, Josh Rosen and uh, what's-his-face mixed up. Never mind. Um, so the Cardinals made a move for Josh Rosen, right? Now, here's my thing. The Eagles moved heaven and earth to trade up for Wentz at the number two overall. And it's the same exact concept. Where we're here saying the Cardinals need to invest their future in Josh Rosen. Same exact thing. Philadelphia made those moves and gave all his draft picks to the Cleveland Browns to get Carson Wentz. And again, in year number two, um, yes, he, he was an MVP candidate. And even though the results weren't there and it turned out he's playing with a back injury throughout most of this year. Wentz is your future because you invested so much in him and he has so much more promise. Am I saying Josh Rosen is going to come out and be like Carson Wentz to be a MVP candidate and nearly get the Cardinals in the playoffs in the Super Bowl? No, not at all. But the Eagles committed to Wentz. And when you look at the numbers, Wentz is the better option. Nick Foles had a magical run. Really not going to lie. You want a Super Bowl MVP as the backup. And then came back in again and got a Eagles team that looks certain to miss the playoffs, which would have been a travesty as a Super Bowl uh, defending champions, back into the playoffs and back into the divisional round. Granted, you needed a double doink to help you, but Foles still had the game-winning touchdown. The Golden Tate still got the Eagles there. Um, but what I'm going to say is when we got to the divisional round, right? We were up 14-0 on the Saints in the Superdome. That is a dream start to be up 14-0 on the Saints in the Superdome. Where did Foles go the rest of the game until the final drive when Alshon dropped the ball, which had nothing to do with Foles? Yeah. Foles, went, Foles was nowhere to be found. If you told me that we held the Saints to under 20 points in the Superdome, and lost, I would have said you were crazy. Absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is my argument, right? Yeah. Foles right. has been around for so long, he had a magical run, but the magic ran out in New Orleans. I agree. We were gifted a 14-point lead in the Superdome and lost. No, I agree. I I, I think it's – I agree it's, also, it's a great move for the Eagles. I mean, yeah, everyone's going to shed a tear, but – it was a great move, needed to happen, and I agree. You need to stick with Wentz. 
even though he's been I it sucks that I'd say it's been proven that for he's been in the league for th- 3 years and hasn't finished two of them like that's that sucks so I hope you're right for for you as a Eagles fan that Wentz can get over this injury bug but it you you still got to be cautious about it and it, it's understandable why you can't have Nick Foles anymore as your backup mm-hmm. now going to the Jaguars like they need the, they need a QB and even even though it is kind of like you said this Foles magic like they need to go with someone that has proven that they can get there and been there and that is Nick Foles because they they even though last year they're complete shit they have a team around them it's not the most impressive thing in the world but they have no, a team around them they do and and their defense is very momentum driven because if they can win, then their defense is going to win. Look at how they started this year. Yeah. So if they're if they're gonna win, then they're gonna win. I mean that 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 sounds stupid that I I, I said that. It's like me saying like if you throw a ball to a receiver and he's in the end zone, you get six points. Yeah, obviously. But if if they're gonna win, then the defense is gonna win. More specifically. So that's good there. Um now let's go to obviously the biggest free agent right now, which is definitely Le'Veon Bell. Where the hell is he gonna go? Well, see now the Philadelphia faithful are going to say that with Jay Jai's injury problems, Corey Clement, even though love him, was a huge hero in that Super Bowl run, is not your running back of the future. And you're not counting on Wendell Smallwood or Josh Adams going forward. Um, them moving Foles and Lane Johnson restructuring his contract is a move towards Le'Veon for the Philadelphia Eagles. Are they think? Am I am I going to sit here and say they're going to get him at the end of the day? No way. Yeah, but are you going to sign him to a equivalent Bryce Harper contract? Did the Eagles don't have the money for that, and that's why I'm saying no, they're not going to get him. That, that's why he's got to go to a team like the Jets. Colts or the Jets. Yeah, because the Eagles don't have the Eagles already have enough of a cap space problem. That's why they're, they're trying to clear up cap space because they have a cap space problem. And they clear up any more, then they're not going to have a team. Exactly. So yeah, I don't think it's going to be the Eagles. Yeah, people want to make that case, but not, they would have they there. would have to trade away a lot of a lot of pieces to make that signing. Which would be dismantling a team which is going to be two years off of a Super Bowl win, which is still mostly intact, besides for Nick Foles and Tory Smith. Yeah. So eh, there's probably a few other people there, but well, Garrett uh, Blonde. But yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I I would say I don't think Le'Veon Bell is gonna get the contract that he wanted with the Steelers. I mean, we we definitely had the most potential to sign him to a contract in the in before last season. Like if we didn't franchise tag him, he probably would have stayed. But now he's not going to stay. So Steelers are out. I would say it's gonna be one of these teams that have a huge buffer in their in their contracts. That she'll probably be like the Colts, Jets. Um, Trying to think of another one. Maybe that, that's about it. All I could say is the Colts or the Jets. Yeah, yeah. So I think those are the top two because he's. I mean, he, he seems like seems like he's going for money. 
may not be it may not be true in the long run once he real once it's realized like it's not going to get anywhere because you can't you can't win a championship with just one player. Nope, especially in football. Football is such a team game. You cannot yeah. win a an NBA ch- in the NBA. Look at what LeBron did for the Cavs. Yeah, not the K- the NFL. You need all eleven. You are as good as your weakest link in the NFL. Yeah, so we'll have to see on that. And then finally, uh, to wrap this up, we kind of mentioned before. Uh, I seriously think Antonio Brown is going to be traded to the Raiders because the Raiders have what the Steelers want, which is a first round pick. It's going to be a late round because I think they have what do they have? Like three or four? They yeah. have, they, they 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 have a bundle. So it'll probably be a late round pick in probably this year's draft that they're going to get. So they may be able to sign. I wouldn't say back to back, but pretty close. Now, how mid, do you think? How do you think, as a Steelers fan, how does Levy? How does losing Levy on Ann and Brown affect your team? Oh, it's it's incredibly rough. Well, we lost we lost Le'Veon, Le'Veon in the at the beginning of the season. We just yeah. completely lost him. So it it wasn't really. It, I'm not feeling that effect now. Now, feeling the effect of Brown now kind of sucks, especially with him saying things against our franchise QB and Big Who's ben, brought you multiple rings. Who's brought us multiple rings. Um, and part of me wants to see Antonio Brown's side. Like, yeah, I get it. You don't want to be talked down in that respect. But also at the same time, it's like Ben has proven his ability. Yes, it's been a little shaky the past few years, but he's proven his ability. So you gotta understand his side as well. Um, I I say that I'd say Brown is gonna hurt more than Bell, just because we were able we were able to make up a lot of lost ground with Connor. Am I gonna say it is it is completely made up? No, I still think Bell is way more capable running back than Connor. But Connor is definitely. Top fifteen, top twenty running back, and James Conner was very impressive this it year. Was very impressive, and plus, he, when he knew that Bell was not going to be signed, and we need a receiver out of the backfield, he worked on his hands, and I'm hoping that he's continuously working right now. So, Conner is a great, was a great pickup in the absence of Bell. Now he just needs to stay healthy. That's another issue that he has there. But as long as he can stay healthy then we're good there. Uh, Brown Brown was a different type of beast. Brown, sixth-round pick out of Central Michigan, came out of nowhere, and the Steelers found a diamond in the rough, and he was productive pretty much from day one until the end of the season, until week 16. So now that we lost him, it's like, what's next for the Steelers? Because the Steelers, it's it really I'm as dead honest. I don't see us winning a Super Bowl this year, even though we have cal- like high caliber players that can win us a Super Bowl. And we're not we're not trying to improve our offense right now. We're trying to improve our defense you're right just, now. You're losing two major pieces. We lost two major pieces. So it's really kind of like, are we able to hide in the bunker? take all this gunfire at us and see if we can make it out alive type situation right now. So I don't know. I, I, I feel like the Brown hit is going to be more 
I mean, it, it was nice having both Brown and Juju, but now we have Juju and other players. Yeah, so I do agree with you on that. So, if we're able to get a certain wide receiver, then yeah, it would have been nice. It would have been real nice. Would have been real nice if the Raiders decide not to trade away Amari Cooper, and then and then. <laughs> We just trade do a little swap. Then we just do a swap for a swap, and maybe we get like an eighth round or a seventh round pick from the Raiders. That would have been real nice. Yeah, but that's like a dream in my head that obviously is not going to be there. So I, I'm hoping this nightmare situation, if we are able to get that first round pick, which obviously Brown is deserving to be traded for a first round pick. Yes, he's thirty. Oh, you, you should settle for nothing less. Yeah, he's in his thirties, but he's. It's been and when he's been pushing thirty, it's been some of his most productive years. So if we can keep Brown, if, if Brown is healthy, he's going to be a great pickup for any team. So yeah, it's it's sad to see him go, but hopefully we're able to recover from that. But I believe that's it for us for NFL. Yeah. Would you want to jump into anything else? I'm gonna hit you with a quick question about basketball before we wrap up. What's up? Is the LeBron experiment in L.A. a failure in year one? Well, so at the beginning of the season when we kind of did our re- – our, not a recap, our predictions, I thought LeBron was going to be enough to get the Lakers into the playoffs. Now, with – I believe you said before 15 games left and they're five games back. Something like it, – it's, it's, it's not, not looking It's good. not going to happen. Brandon Ing- Ingram's out for the yep. year. LeBron's, not, LeBron's minutes are going to be limited. Yeah, so I in a way I agree with that. Like, yeah, like I don't I don't like sitting players, but if you're gonna invest in a guy and hopefully you're gonna be signing like uh, Anthony Davis in yeah. next year, like I mean you're gonna you're gonna wanna keep that guy safe. Uh, do I think it's a complete fail- failure? No, because. He's still what he he signed a three year contract four four year contract so there's still multiple years kind of going back to the Bryce Harper thing I I mean both both these big names went into rebuilding teams not as much so with the Phillies but definitely with the Lakers the yeah. Lakers need to restructure and rebuild so once they get LeBron then they're I mean it's not 100 percent but Anthony Davis yeah so I don't think it's complete failure as of yet. I definitely think that that's something we can prelude prelude into next week. Definitely. I think finalize. I think it's a little bit of a disappointment, but I wouldn't say it's a failure. Yeah, definitely. So Rick and I will definitely be hitting on that next week as well as we get into some baseball talk. Yeah. When we get into baseball talk next week, but I believe that's it for us here. We probably were speaking for over an hour. But we did an excellent job, Rick. It was great. It, I have to say it was weird doing it without um, you last week with uh, Gleason and Jeff. Even though we had a great show, our last recording was weird. No, I, I get it, man. But thank you for covering for me. Of course, dude. And this is the Wide Open Sportscast. I am Feds. And I am Rick. Have a good night, everybody. Do you believe these guys are our future leaders in America? Thank you so very much. For all the appreciation and all the great moments that we've experienced together. You stay classy. That's all, folks.